Science fiction has helped society look to the future with shows like Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Battlestar Galactica. And movies like Star Wars, The Matrix, and The Avengers have helped us pioneer the use of new technologies and to never give up on the human spirit. Fantasy stories like The Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and even the game Dungeons and Dragons have helped us look at the past with an open mind, but have led us to question the fundamental principles like good and evil, right and wrong, reality versus fantasy, and to question our morality versus our humanity. Cosplay has always blurred the lines between science fiction, fantasy, and reality. For those to participate in the hobby, advancements in technology have caused more and more people to participate in cosplay. With the addition of 3D and resin printers, it's even easier to make and mass-produce the costumes and props from our favorite TV shows and movies. To the public, the ever-expanding worlds of science fiction and comic book conventions have led to more and more cosplayer interactions. This podcast is your exclusive space for science fiction news. This podcast is your place to catch up on the world of fantasy. This podcast is your place to talk about the role of cosplay. This podcast is... The Galaxy Welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me two people in our studio. I have my co-host Austin Kristen. I don't know what are we. What <laughs> are we naming? Kristen. I guess I said Kristen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Your that's that's your surname. Isn't no. It? I thought that was your middle name, like Robinette. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into that. By the way, if you didn't know, that's our president's middle name. <laughs> Robinette. I'm not making that up. I am not making that up. That is, I had to go look it up because I was listening to Louder with Crowder and I didn't believe it. And it's true. It's really true. Our president's (laughs) middle name is is Robinette. There is no way that is true. Robinette. And oh, by the way, his son Hunter, that's not his name. That's his middle name. Oh, no. What's his first name? You'll have to look that up. See, that's why I'm not here, right? Okay, so I have with me Austin, the talkative. That's what we'll call you for now. I was going to say comedian, but sure, we'll go talkative. No, we're not going to say, no, because sometimes your jokes are bad. And I am Bob Christman, your host. Okay, so today. I learned it from you. I learned it from learning from you. Okay, so we're going to talk about two things today, and this is going to be really easy. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's right. We finally watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm sure Hondo's like, are you kidding me? It's about time. And (laughs) we finally are going to finish out. That's right. You're hearing that right. We are finishing out the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Finally. I know it's like a year later, right? Everybody's like, what the heck? We've moved on. The rest of the world's moved on. The rest of the world's moved on, and we're still back in 2020. They've all watched Book of Boba Fett, and they're like, Oh, this was not bad, but yeah, also like where not were that great. you guys on Book of Boba Fett? We're working on we're working it. Get it off my back. We've been watching it. Monkey. Oh, 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 oh. Hey. No, no, no. It's, so. it's salacious crumb. He's on your back. Yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna finish up Book of Boba. Or we're gonna we're gonna finish up Falcon and Winter Soldier and then move on to Book of Boba Fett. No, I'm not doing Loki. Suck it. Yeah, we really didn't like I Loki. Refused to do Loki. And everybody's like, why did you do Bad Batch? Because it's like every other cartoon, Star Wars cartoon ever. Except it's, now there's the rule of no killing. They only right. do stun it's, shots. It's, what the it's hell? It's the Clone Wars without the Clone Wars. It's Got Clone it. Wars 1.0. It's not even that good. 
Okay, so now you know our feelings on that show. We don't even need to review it. Now you get the idea. There you right. go. So let's talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was an interesting movie. So we're going to read through the plot. Again, this will be on our show notes. It's from Wikipedia. I know you all hate Wikipedia, but suck it. They had some of the best plot descriptions out there. I probably could find a better one, but I just don't feel like it. And we really okay. don't want to be searching the internet just for a freaking description. Yep. So here we go. So in June of 2021, Egon Spangler captures an entity in a cultist Ivo Shandor's mine in Somerville, Oklahoma, and lures a separate creature to his farm. Egon activates an elaborate setup in his ground, but the power fails and he conceals the ghost trapped in his home before being attacked by the creature and suffering a fatal heart attack. Really? It was a heart attack? Yeah, he died of a heart attack in the chair after being attacked by a ghost. I... Not I thought the ghost killed him. A heart attack. I, I thought the didn't... ghost killed him too. Like went through his, you know, like what was the last thing you saw? The ghost. You know, like I, <laughs> the really ghost ass. No, the beginning, <laughs> the beginning of the entire thing, had me intrigued. Like yeah, that actually it, grabbed my attention from the get go. It felt eerie and definitely original Ghostbusters. Right now, I got to be honest. At the beginning, I didn't think it was Egon. No, it. It looked like it when you got the certain hair, like... Right, a little, look. but it just but, didn't feel like would, it looked like Egon. That would make all. sense, because the production probably didn't start that much uh, sooner, and he had died back in 2014. Right, he's been so they, they probably had for a while. Stand- for those people who don't know, spoiler alert sorry, for people who sorry, don't know. Sorry, sorry. Well, I mean, spoiler alert from, like, what, eight years ago? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Um, in case you've been living under a rock before COVID. Uh, but, in, case, <laughs> in case you've been doing what our president's been doing, and that's living in his basement. <gasps> What? Okay. <laughs> let's go Biden. So his estranged. No, let's go Brandon. No, get it sh- right. I'm start. I'm restarting it because there's no point in hiding it anymore. So his estranged, financially struggling daughter Callie inherits the farm, and moves there with her children Trevor and Phoebe after being evicted from their Chicago apartment. Oh, okay. Time out. What the heck happened in an apartment that Phoebe was doing? Did you see her? Oh, I know she had ripped wall. holes ripped open in the wall. But I mean, if it's Egon's kid, I mean, I'm surprised that she's not rewiring this, the whole dang neighborhood. It felt like the moment at a young Sheldon where he has the fridge tore apart. I found yeah. the problem. Yeah, I tell you, it's going to toss eighty dollars to fix, but I found the problem. Or when he ripped apart the the drone, right? <laughs> yeah, same thing. <laughs> no, that well, was Howard. The, that was Howard. But you're the engineer. You can figure out how to put this back together, right? <laughs> so, so going on, Trevor. <laughs> Trevor becomes inf- infatuated with car hop Lucky Domingo, and the scientifically minded Phoebe enrolls in a summer science class taught by seismologist Gary Grubers- Grub- Gruberson. Gruberson. <laughs> Really, his last name is Gruberson. Yes, and I love that. Oh, I the love poor Ant Man. I am so sorry for you. Poor Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. You gave me Gruberson as a last name. Well, my favorite is is that he he's they're dropping. She's dropping him off, and the teacher walks in the next door. Imagine the poor sucker has to teach these kids. Yeah, that's me. Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. You know it's so sad though. <laughs> Drop an R, and he becomes Gooberson. It would be better. Goober. Sorry. He's a goober. Can you tell I've been around kids for too long? I know how they'll pick on each other. <laughs> He's such a gruber. Okay, so Phoebe discovers the farmhouse is haunted, and the ghost residing in it leads her to the ghost trap, which she shows to Gary and her new friend, Podcast. Yeah, well, that was kind of, that's a quick uh, assessment. I was she, she, 
She there did, was a lot that she happened. She was setting. Time. She set up a chessboard or something. Moved a piece. The next morning, she wakes up. Another piece has been moved. She's playing a game of chess with, with herself. <laughs> with yeah. Ghosts. It'd be more hilarious if she's doing it by herself because and I would. No, be what's a... weird about it is she thought it was normal. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, wouldn't you be like, what the well, hell? The look like, she was giving it was like, am I, am I on drugs? <laughs> no, I think she was giving it a look like, hmm, I wonder what my next move is, and I'm kind of like, no, your next move is kill yourself. Like, this is weird. <laughs> Why kill yourself? Because this is weird. Okay. <laughs> no, I think it's checking to a mental and hospital I'm first, then kill yourself. Now, now let's talk about the friend's name. Who names themselves podcast? Because he named himself podcast. Now, I get it. He runs a podcast, okay? Even a person who runs a podcast, because I run a podcast, does not want to be called podcast. I'm just saying, you know. He's a great – he's the age of one of your students in elementary school. I get it. Just roll with it. Hang on. I I just – that, to me, that, to me, is a little bit of lazy writing, okay? Just saying. Well, I think they kind of – Could have come up with something better. I think they were kind of – after the – the all-female cast Ghostbuster fail. They kind of gave them a really small budget. Said, well, sorry. Anything's better than that. So let's go on. Gary, a fan of the Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, yep. helps Phoebe learn more about them and her grandfather. He, Phoebe, and podcast tamper with the trap, releasing one of the one of Gozer the Gozerian sentinels that escapes to the mine. Again, there's a lot that happens in between all this. I mean, the, yeah. <laughs> they set this up and they can turn it on, so they go and use a school bus battery. I know, right? They have it set up on his car. <laughs> he lights the thing and then it opens up and explodes. First off, blows his windshield off. The fact that Gruberson's like, "Oh, look, a ghost trap!" You Let's know, like just it doesn't open even this up. Him, like, can we get it open? And I'm like, "No, what are you thinking? Have you not watched Ghostbusters ever? Like, <laughs> hello." It's like we got... like even if it wasn't a movie, right? If it was just real life, you saw what happened when they released the ghost. Why? <laughs> Why? What are you thinking? It's kind of like going. It's not a good idea. Okay, <laughs> just let's as a general rule, can we all agree as a public <laughs> that Ghostbuster traps are better off left closed, right? I mean, just in general, can we just like, like, well, how do we do that? Like GI Joe, do we need a GI Joe episode for like you know? Hey kids, find a Ghostbuster trap. Don't open it. There could be a ghost inside. Nor you know. Right, do like, it with Crowder's uh, those white privileged boys. Well, yeah, right, like, I mean, like you get you get it though. I mean, like, why are you opening a ghost trap? What are you thinking? Like, you know, like let's open it up and see what's inside. It's like Luke looking at the looking inside his lightsaber before he turns it on. Wait, wait, wait. I think I could write this commercial. Look, Roadblock. There's a Ghostbusters trap. You're right, little kid. <laughs> think we should open that trap? I think we all. should look inside and find out what's in there. Wrong O, kid. See, in a Ghostbusters trap, it's called a Ghostbusters trap because it trapped a ghost. <laughs> really? That's what <laughs> Ghostbuster traps do? That's right, son. They trap ghosts. Do you think we should let a ghost out? No, that's a bad idea. Ghosts are a bad idea. <laughs> You're right. I'll take the Ghostbuster trap. I'm going to go destroy this, and that way we won't ever have a ghost again. Good idea, Mr. Roadblock. And that's how we do it here in the G.I. Joe world. That's right. Yo, Joe. G.I. Joe. (laughs) See, there you go. We just did an audio (laughs) podcast of what not to do. Okay. Okay. Now I need to get my son back. Okay. 
So you the watched farm, way too many of those. Oh, I did. <laughs> As a good kid, way too many. And then I watched them again the past couple of summers <laughs> because COVID, you know, crazy. And why would the, you do that to yourself? Yeah, for those people who didn't know, when I was stuck out in my shop all of COVID and I was, like, making every costume under the sun, which, by the way, I now have, like, 12 costumes and none of them are done. <laughs> I was watching G.I. Joe from beginning to and end. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because I, I remember hearing hang that on, song hang on, playing hang on, hang on. I haven't finished with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, so the farm ghost leads Phoebe to Egon's underground laboratory, and realizing the ghost is her grandfather, she restores the Ghostbusters' equipment under his guidance. Yeah, she just finds the open proton pack and then looks at it and goes, hey, there's this one part missing. Drawer opens. There's the part. Now, I want to preface this whole podcast with something, and I should have started this at the beginning. For those people that are like, you know, what do you believe, right? I, I I don't believe in ghosts. I'm being honest. I just I don't. don't. It's not something no I believe ghosts. in. I don't think that. Right. I don't believe in no ghosts. <laughs> um, I don't believe that spirits get trapped between worlds and all that crazy stuff. Right. I don't. I, you know, I think the afterlife is the afterlife. I think you meet God or the bad guy <laughs> and you go to the <laughs> HDL hockey sticks place, which I'm pretty much assuming <laughs> that's where I'm going to be. So <laughs> hi, if you join me. Um, <laughs> You know, Grandma's I, I like to think as a Christian I'm going to end up in good, God's good graces, but something tells me I'm going to get to the pearly gates. I'm going to say some smart-ass comment to Jesus, and he's going to be like, go, oh, no, 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 <laughs> downstairs, downstairs. You're going down there. <laughs> I'm going to be and, like, but I did so much. But uh, I just, and Grandma's you know, going to be standing so, behind him yelling at you as you get No, she'll just, be shake, she'll just be shaking her head like, oh. But I just, you know, I... I I don't believe in this idea that things can get trapped in between worlds, as it were. So that's just that's a personal belief of mine. So when people talk about ghosts, right, like I usually my brain goes to the there's probably some explanation for that. In this case, it's I mean, again, it's a movie, but I'm going there is no explanation for any of this other than it's a freaking ghost, right? Like we're in Ghostbusters. They kind of did the same thing. And this is what I like about what they're doing here. There's no question about the ghosts. They are ghosts, right? Like, yeah. they're making it so you have to believe this is a ghost and nothing else. In the other Ghostbusters, there is that little bit of wiggle room that I don't like. It that They could be ghosts or they could be real, right? Like, there is that weird feeling, okay? And that was never Ghostbusters. And I think that's why that particular movie, the one with the females in it, and it's just how it happens that the females are in it. That's not my problem with it. I would be fine with all female Ghostbusters. Seriously. Mm. If it felt like Ghostbusters. Now, Eric talks about that about Star Wars, right? Things yeah. that pull us out of the Star Wars realm, right? All of Resistance. I, right. <laughs> I feel the same way about Ghostbusters. Anything that feel, pulls me out of that Ghostbusters feel makes me feel like I'm not in the Ghostbusters world. And unfortunately, that female Ghostbusters cast pulled me out of the Ghostbusters world. The th it did not feel like Ghostbusters. The thing that bugged me the most about that, and I've never actually sat down and watched it from end to end, so I, I'll be honest. Oh, you need to. Torture yourself. It's worth every two hours of it. I'll watch it the same time you and I watched together the Fauci special on Disney+. Plus. I watched it already. I know, and you told me how bad it is. I that's don't know I'm... if I can watch it again. <laughs> that's why I don't you want to. You might have to remove all the knives in the house first. <laughs> Make sure that your gun's locked up for the guns. No, no, no. I wouldn't do that. Just the <laughs> knives. <laughs> well, it's the one where it's like it's a hand cannon. Okay. Portable beam, whatever it was. Yes. Where it's like it's a fist thing. I'm like, so... Yeah. You no longer need the proton packs? So I why do you know. have the one with the proton pack? 
All right, so let's go on about this one. Unless I get stuck on the bad one. So the yes. farm ghost leads Phoebe to Egon's underground laboratory. Okay, we read that. Realizing the ghost is her grandfather restores Ghostbusters equipment under his guidance. Does she realize by this point it's her grandfather? I, I couldn't Kinda, tell. Kind of, sort of. I think she realized that he knows about Yeah, something the stuff. about the proton pack, but I don't think she realizes it's her grandfather. At least not yet. That didn't yeah. happen, I don't think, until we got to the jumpsuit. So this is a little yeah. off. Yeah. So while yeah. testing the proton pack with podcasts... They fight a ghost that haunts Shandor's foundry and flees to the town. What really um, happened is they set up cans. They were going to try to do, you know, accurate. Pin. I was just about to say, Look, they're about to shoot a can down with she, a particle accelerator. <laughs> I, I'm just sitting there thinking. Well, the way it starts out, it looks like. Do you like, think this is a Wild West? What are, you, what are you doing? I think that they were trying to do, you know, when kids get into trash cans and get out uh, cans. And then they go and set up a BB gun shooting range. I think that's what we're trying to do, and then they realized, oh, crap, this is a portable weapon that is powered by a nuclear reactor strapped to my back. <laughs> we're going straight to the wild, wild Ghostbusters. <laughs> it doesn't quite so, fit. <laughs> yeah, I tried. It, I can't make it happen. I don't know. I I just thought that was funny. That was funny. I'm like, this is I'll a, say, not a smart skill. idea. Yeah. Skills. This is not a great, you know, great idea. So they, they're, they're in Shandor's Ch- foundry. They they meet this this ghost that, like... Chews on metal and spits it out like it's bullets, and they start like chasing this thing into town. Now I gotta admit, the car had a cool feature that I totally forgot the car had. That was never in the movie, by the way, but it was in the cartoon. So for those people who are real Ghostbusters fans, I'm talking about myself, who watched this zany, weird Ghostbusters cartoon on Saturday mornings in the 1980s and you and you, 80s. and you ate your you know Ghostbusters cereal with your <laughs> with your uh green ecto high C punch next to you. Ew. Um yes, Ew. I did that. Oh, that uh, sounds gross. Actually the green ecto I liked the green ecto high C. <laughs> I did. I know a lot of people are like that's gross cuz it it was like it had it, it, right. cereal. It I will say this. Like a right. gross idea. So it's high C and it, it's all fructose corn syrup anyway, right? <laughs> it, it tasted like every other high C. The only difference was it was like an ecto green, right? That's the <laughs> color of it. Basically, was dyed but really what I always, neon green, right? What I always thought funny was all the girls like ew, and I was like, <laughs> it's high C. I mean, it's no different than any other high C. They just thought it was gross because it looked like snot, you know. And like all the guys are like cool, and all the yeah. girls are like ew. And the girls are so like- anyway. So by the way, the. Ecto one has the has like a jump chair. So if you're mm-hmm. in the rear facing chair on the passenger side, uh, in the second row back, if you push a button, it All ejects of a sudden you have the a chair out. Door. Right, it's basically a suicide door, and the chair comes out, and you can shoot from the chair. That was in the cartoon series, and it was used quite a bit in the cartoon series. And if you got the Ecto one toy, it did it on the toy, and I totally forgot about that. So till I was like online, and Dean Amsler. Hashtag Dean, thank you uh, for figuring out, for pointing that out. That the toy had that, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I totally forgot that was on the toy too." So some great callbacks to stuff from the '80s, where like my generation went, "Yes, thank you," right? But so there the, were great. The moments. only problem I see with that is um, if you take a corner too fast, and there's a, a, a yeah. light pole there. Well, why do you think she guy... strapped herself in really well? First? I understand that, but I'm but, sitting here yeah. saying is in the. Anime I just show you would have that person. Lose everybody those. in town's watching this and barely reacting at all. I was like, man, this would make like front page news in Binghamton, <laughs> not in this little town in the middle of Oklahoma. No, that's nah, a normal they're, they're day. The guys from uh, the Dust Farm, whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. 
So while testing, oh, sorry, going on. So having repaired the Ghostbusters Cadillac Ecto-1's engine, Trevor uses the car to chase the ghost with Phoebe and podcast. They capture the ghost, but are arrested for the damage incurred, and their equipment is seized. <laughs> That's an understatement. Damage is an understatement. It's like the town was almost gone when they were done. <laughs> they basically she cut. She had an itchy trigger finger. Oh yeah. She broke the neon sign on the. the sock and apparently off. she was trained by like stormtroopers because storm she couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Well, my favorite. Or is she that, could, and then she'd bring it burning down. I don't know. <laughs> Either way. My favorite is, is during the time when it was in the mine, like the little back area formed by the house. <laughs> Throw out the trap. He throws out the trap. It's not flat. Dang it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love how he's like pulling it back. I in. always wondered though, like you know, they would throw the trap out in the and Ghostbusters was... film, and it always went out perfect every time. I'm like, how do they never throw it out? Like, how does it not ever tip over? <laughs> and yeah. we got to see why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of practice, I guess. All I know is, that. is the little four wheeler ghost trap is that was cool. cool. The ghost trap on wheels. Whoever came up with that idea, kudos. That was actually Egon, really cool. Egon, why didn't you design this for the movie? Right? That was actually <laughs> a really cool little thing. I just, I loved all these little nuanced uh, things. And by the way, the girl who played Phoebe, if you did not know, is from um, Young Sheldon. Young Sheldon. Okay, so she's she's the girl that played the blonde haired girl on Young Sheldon. Again, trying to make some connections for you yeah. guys here. I, I made the connection fairly early on. I think it took my son half the movie before uh, it was like, me hey, about, wait a minute. It took me about a quarter of the movie when they strapped on the proton pack and yeah, she's that's... doing the thing with the glasses. I'm like, that's uh... eerily familiar. All right, so going on, recalling the Ghostbusters telephone number, Phoebe contacts Ray Stance for help and tells him Egon has died. Ray, in turn, informs Phoebe of what became of the Ghostbusters following their defeat of Vigo the Carpathian. And reveals that after the Ghostbusters had disbanded, Egon had stolen equipment and moved to Somerville to pursue an unspecified threat. Egon's ghost leads Callie to a wall of detailed notes and pictures he kept of his daughter's life, showing he cared about her more than she thought. Well, hang on. We skipped over a fact that the mom and the daughter have a straight-up fight, and she nearly nukes the police officer, who is the, the father of Lucky here. Over trying to keep the equipment. <laughs> True. Yeah, you're right. We did kind of skip we over that. Skip over this. We glazed over that. It was a, no, a no, minor side, detail. Side, side detail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Vigo the Carpathian was from Ghostbusters Two. Yes. yes. Okay. I'm just he making was the sure guy they are in the photo. Yep. I'm just trying to remember all that and making sure it's all in timeline order. You know, it's funny. This whole movie almost acted like the was it 2018, 17 Ghostbusters. Didn't even happen. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but like the whole movie never even references that. And I, to be honest with you, again, as a Ghostbusters fan, kind of glad about that. I mean, honestly, I, I just, love the. It kind of felt like Thanos put on the gun and like, go, fine, I'll do it myself. Right. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. the movie and it just yep, turns just reversed to dust. it and fixed it. <laughs> so I, I did like. I did like the. There were a lot of personal connections here. So I did like the personal connection that I make with Phoebe because. She seems like every kid that's just curious and wants to know more, right? Like, I think a lot of us She also has a super cute computer for a brain right. where she just knows how to do things. I kind of like podcasts because he's like every typical boy that knows nothing but thinks they know everything. Like, I mean, <laughs> serious. Like, thinks he knows, doesn't really know, is trying the best he can, but and quite honestly goof, falls It is short. a goofball with technology right. like yours, true. Right, like like <laughs> taking everything apart and can't fix it anyway, and oh well. And, and I do that all the time, so I totally get that. So, you know, I... I there's people I connected with in different ways in this film. I, I connected with the mother a little bit. Like, I understood the idea that she wasn't good enough for her father. I know some people that have been through that situation. 
and then to find out that dad did think she was good enough, you know, so there were, you know, but it, she it all left connects to do something else. Right. So it's like I, I liked that there's emotion tied up into this action thrill movie that also had some humor in it, but also had enough throwback that made me really kind of enjoy some of the throwback, too. So it was all good. So Phoebe podcast Lucky and Trevor find a Gozerian temple within the mine. I mean, that's like a you know, wow. I mean, yeah. Well, How do you I, not I love... know there's a big temple in the middle of a mine in the middle of Oklahoma? I love Mom's comment. They immediately descend into this mine, and Mom goes, "What are you doing?" Yeah, like why would you go down? Why here? would you do this? Yes, have you that thing? Because looks... it screams, "Come, I'm inviting. Come on in." Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. looking at it, going, "It's already rickety as hell." Yep, <laughs> it yeah. looks like it's about to fall off its chains, so. and you're going down there. So going on, exploring further, they discover Shandor is alive in his casket and yep. automated proton uh, cannons installed by Egon that hinders Goder's attempts to cross over. Zul and Vin's Clortho possess Callie and Gary, respectively, and destroy Egon's equipment, allowing Gozer to escape. I mean, there's a lot going on there, but <laughs> pretty much. You get it. That, but that, that actually happened at all like five minutes in the movie, right? Basically. So what happened? Yeah, we had the Stay Puft Marshmallow Men attack. Right, <laughs> like right. The mini guys are just toasting mini... each other. And, and that was kind of up. a throwback for the kids, I think, and just that to was have like something cool. The first you know? one like bites his finger. I'm like, oh, this is a bad idea. And then they saw yeah. more, more moving go, oh, no. I was actually more creeped out by Shandor and the, his casket. <laughs> I mean, yeah. who makes a casket that's all glass like that? That is freaky as all. Hmm. Uh, so. Dracula? I mean, I have a request. Don't bury me in a glass casket, please. Because oh. then if I wake up, I'm in a glass casket. I just want to point that out. Yeah, underground. Like, uh, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where am I? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Who turned the light out? Oh, what? <laughs> I'm the president. <laughs> yeah. So, Shandor well, awakes and well, pledges his fealty to Gozer. And she immediately nukes him. But is killed nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Just straight up like... Just like... <laughs> The children discover Egon's setup is a trap field, an array of traps buried under the property, around the property. With the town distracted by supernatural chaos, the children recover the seized equipment and travel to the mine. Now, can we talk about this trap field for a second? Mm. How much energy does it take to run a trap field? Did it not dawn on somebody that, I don't know, this particular farm's, I don't know, drawing three gajillion, but... You know, it's not mega jewels. It's not. He, he built his own reactor underground. Even the reactor is going to require like eight bajillion <laughs> mega jewels of power. It's I mean, using, like it's using the same thing that's on the proton pack, but on a large scale. Sure, sure. You see, that's now what, you're trying to explain no, it to me. That's the science explained in the actual uh-huh. episode or yep. in the movie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Also, we had to skip over something when it said that it possesses Callie and Gary. I love that the one girl goes, "Yeah, that's." Uh, what does that mean? And Kempankis goes, well, third base. It, no, he's, <laughs> no, no, no. I like the comment of at least third base. And I went, well, that depends on what third base is to you. I mean, for some guys, third base is over the shirt. For some guys, third base is under the shirt. For some guys, third base is way past the shirt phase. I mean, that's, you know, like third base could be questionable for each person. So your baseball is akin to uh, football in Canada. It's a mutant. Good day, eh? <laughs> so, what are you doing in Australia? <laughs> I'm just covering both grounds just in case. I'm doing Aussie French, okay? <laughs> I don't know. I can't even do the accent now. I'm trying to think I'm, that through. Right, like I'm trying. I can't even prying. Let me process that. Uh, 
Uh, good day. Hey, uh, put your stick on the ice, all right? <laughs> like, there, does that work? Did that work? I think I did it. I think I put kept it together. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the children discover Egon's setup as a trap field, an array of traps buried in the property. With the town distracted, Phoebe distracts Gozer so podcast can capture Zool. Like, that's a great idea. It's really easy to do, right? Like, that's just simple. Yeah, I'll, cap his I'll just capture Zool. <laughs> Freeing Kelly and weakening Gozer's physical form. All I know is he's wearing the goggles and driving the car facing the opposite direction. Did the goggles have a camera on I, the... <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. I, I would certainly hope, or he's really or he's good, really with good the at force. driving backwards. Yeah. <laughs> he's really they lure the Gozer to the trap field, but it malfunctions and Gozer frees Zul. Yeah. Who possesses Lucky. And fully restores Gozer's powers. Womp womp. Yeah, right? It was kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> we, we freed mom. Yeah. Nice dress. Yeah, yeah. We freed mom. Crap. Ray and other surviving original Ghostbusters, Peter Venkman and Winston Zeddemore, arrive to help, and Gozer, after having already killed Egon, seeks to complete their revenge against the core, oh. quartet for vanquishing them. All I want to say is uh, Bill Murray, yowza. Well, yeah, he hasn't held up over time. I'll give nor, you that. Nor did. Well, Ray hasn't held up Ray, over time. Ray either. hasn't held up. By, Ray's gained a lot of weight. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, I'm sorry, hey, Android. hey, I'm, what? Easy. As you get older, weight. Fair enough. Fair happens, enough. Okay. Fair like enough. you know, the guy that doesn't fit in all his costumes right now because of his damn weight. Right. I shouldn't talk. I'm the one who's also rebuilding my kids. See, so, so <laughs> suck it. As you get older, it happens. Right. But I'll admit, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd did not hold up over well. And then you Oof. look at Ernie Hudson as like, dude, do you ever age? Like, ever? <laughs> dude looks amazing. What the heck? Like, Ernie Hudson, like, what the heck? He's still infected from Yeah, his, just so y'all know, he's Hi, still Ernie. got the T-virus in him, uh, thanks to my daughter. So y'all know. Yes. She infected. So this is back when we were running Resident Evil costuming for those people who don't know. And my daughter, we were running what we called... It's ironic we ran this game, too, by the way. <laughs> the I just want to point this out. We called it the zombie apocalypse game. We would infect people with the T-virus. So if you came over to our table and you picked from three bins... Like okay, three different, like, cases. Three different cases. If you picked correctly, you had a pistol to kill yourself with so you wouldn't become a zombie. <laughs> or if you picked from the other three cases, you got infected and you had and to wear this sucks. pin, this black and red pin for the rest of the Comic-Con... And you are now infected. You're now a zombie. And the idea was, as people went around and touched other people, they were supposed to come over to the table and get a pin and become infected or pick from the bins, you know, and make a decision there. So my daughter made the brilliant idea that, hey, we could get three times as many people because next to us at the table next to us at the con was Ernie Hudson. So she decides to go over, shake his hand, infect Ernie Hudson, which he thought was hysterical. So he put the pin on the whole weekend. And then we gave him, like, what was it, five handfuls of pins? <laughs> he kept turning into, like, oh, we're out of pins. Hand some more yeah, can you give us some more? <laughs> and every time he'd sign an autograph, he would affect another person. I'm like, wow. So by the end of that con, we pretty much, this was Scaracon. Back in, I want to say, 2015, something He's like so, that. I think it was 2014. Maybe it was 14. was in high school. By the end of the con, the entire, I mean, I think everybody was infected, including the guy running the con. I think he came up to you and went, what the hell is He's going like, yeah, why am I wearing here? a black and red pin? And what's up with this? So when I explained it, he thought it was the greatest thing ever. And you couldn't walk around well, that day without finding somebody Ernie with a black and red pin. thought it was absolutely pen. hilarious. He, he was did. smiling from ear to ear. He, he thought it was hysterical. He was his, a great guy. His by the handler way. was more mad at the fact that he had to keep grabbing pins. Yeah, no, right. yeah, but he handled it with with a little bit. Yeah, it was pretty good. So anyway, 
So she goes after the quartet. And I again, I did not know these four were going to show up. It was a great surprise they, to me. They really hid this well. I, that was that was good. I'm yeah, glad. They, they, they I'm also glad I stayed away from all the Ghostbusters news. I did that on purpose. I didn't want to ruin it, just in case I would something like that would come out. So supported by Egon's now visible ghost, Phoebe fights Gozer with her proton pack. Oh, hang on, we skipped Finkman's joke. They start with like, "Did you miss us?" Yeah, I know. And then he gets knocked. Over. Why was this so hard? So Phoebe fights Gozer with proton pack. The minion, the Ghostbusters, help Phoebe restrain Gozer. By crossing their proton streams while Trevor uses his to charge the trap's power source. Um, we did that before, but then Gozer just separated them and flicked them away. Right. Yeah. So Callie activates the ghost traps, capturing Gozer and their minions. Egon reconciles with his family and friends before departing for the hereafter. By the way, we totally skipped the whole thing that happened in the car with the freaking marshmallow dudes attacking the yeah <laughs> poor which, podcast i poor got podcast no... ends up being like the four ghostbusters at the end of the first film <laughs> i just you know like well yeah. no what happens is, is uh what's his face the brother has no power to the gun so i'm just thinking i got no power captain give me a moment and he's like dealing yep. with the marshmallow men apocalypse back there ripping cords mm -hmm. they turn to the gremlins in the back of the car so he just starts going screw it starts lighting them on fire now if you didn't stay and luckily, I looked ahead for this. In the <laughs> mid-credit and post-credit scenes, Peter is revealed to be married to Dana Barrett. Okay. Yay. Winston, having become a wealthy businessman since leaving the Ghostbusters, returns the Ecto-1 to the Ghostbusters firehouse. In the basement, a light on the Ecto-containment unit flashes red. Now, my son forgot what that means. If the light's flashing, the go uh... there's ghosts in the machine. <laughs> which means They're he's now there. contained all of... The ghosts that that happened in this movie. That's I okay. So let's rate this movie. Uh, zeros that don't bother. Tens a must see. Who you want to go first? Because whichever one you don't go for first this time, you're gonna go for first in the next time. <laughs> I'll go first. I give right. it a solid nine. It was it was comedy paced out well. It was definitely really good. Why am I getting a fist? Because I was kind of giving it a nine. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm looking at the video screen. You're just like, <laughs> damn you. <laughs> okay. What are we, Snoopy? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. The comedy was paced well. Seeing the old cast come in, absolutely perfect. The way they kind of gave Egon his uh, comeuppance to say goodbye. Yep, they get a good. chance to actually say goodbye to Egon. Yeah, I think more of a good thing slash hindrance is Egon doesn't talk the entire time as a ghost. And I, again, I, I think it's because 2014, guy passed away. Really didn't have time to pull out the, the Vader thing and have him say every diphthong and everything in the alphabet so if they ever need to repeat making vader's voice basically i felt it was very well paced it didn't feel odd a couple small things it was kind of like driving through town with the car her out the door gee i think there should be a few more reactions but hey not a terrible movie actually really really well put together i think this is the proper sequel to what was the other two ghostbusters films in the animated series so i'm gonna give it a nine for a couple reasons first off i give it a nine because as you said, this is the sequel that should have happened. Can we all act like the one in 2018? I don't remember the year. 2018, 2017, somewhere around that time frame. Can we all act like that one just didn't happen? Like, can we can we not have Thor as a secretary? I mean, like, seriously. I, I, I'm going to act like that movie didn't happen. I'm going to call this the sequel, and I'm going to ignore the other one. Because the other one was crap. Let's face it. We completely this forgot. one is the sequel that should have happened. We completely forgot to mention that uh, what's her face the well that's great the, what's her face the secretary 
yes. popped up throughout this film. At no, early I... portions of the film and at the end. Yeah. She was definitely that wraparound character who kind of... She was. But, I mean, all, they, all the characters came back. And I oh, actually yeah. appreciated having all these characters come back. And I like the fact that we've set it up for a new cast of characters, too. You didn't need to wrap it around Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, or Ernie Hudson. You're talking about Annie Potts, by the way, the secretary. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver showed up, too, in this one. So I'm. it was cool having this character. But that wasn't the focal point. And I, this is, like, a great example of a film that said, you know what? We're going to continue on with the storyline. But, but, for our real Ghostbusters fans, we're going to throw it back to the originals. And that, to me, like, screamed sequel enough to be like, you know what? I want to see what happens now with this family. What happens does... You know, I want to know what happens to the containment unit. I want to know what happens to Echo One now. I want to know more. And why do I want to know more? In all honesty, because this film actually pulled me in. All right. Now, why is it not a 10? Because I'm sure everybody's like, oh, you're always mean. You never give anything a 10. I do give things a 10 if it's amazeballs. But this wasn't it wasn't all the way. We give- there were some things that were like missing and lacking a little bit. The having a temple in the middle of Oklahoma. A little weird. A little, a little weird. awkward. I just, I know what you're doing. I get it by having it on a mine, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's my only other complaint. And some people are going to agree with me on this one. It was Ghostbusters, the original film, all over again. Yeah, they told the same story again. Right? Kinda, yeah, kind of. And part of me was like, okay, I'm glad you are homaging the story, but you're literally telling it all over again well, in a different way. Yeah, there's and so some I'm kind of like with some slight variation. So what does it really kind of become? Unfortunately, the Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, which we, you and I both, when the first time we watched it, we had Gary and Eric here too. Right. We both rated that a ten. Yep, we did. As I've continued watching it, I've <laughs> lost faith in it. <laughs> that has come down to more of a five. Right. No, I'll agree with you. Like five or six, yeah. yeah because it's dropped. I was like, it was amazing. And then the more I've watched it, the yeah, like, more Eric's convinced me that you know, like Eric kind of pounded into my head, it's just a new hope again. And I, every time I watch it, now, I'm like, God damn, it's just a new hope again. It's you know? it's the whole. It's kind of uh, like when the Indiana Jones, Jones thing comes the up. Radiance right? and the Lost Ark. Right. Without Indiana Jones, the entire everything movie would still have happened. happened. <laughs> and I was like, what? You know, no way. And, and yeah. you watch it, so go, then you watch this film. A, when you watch it, when you watch it, okay. If you watch it again, second or third time, I'm going to tell you. If you kind of think it, it's it's the first movie all over again, you're going to go, "Oh my god, it's the first movie all over again." So unfortunately, that's, that's a drawback, and it's it's so little of a drawback to me that I'm like okay with it, just losing a point. Now, if they do a sequel to this and it's like Ghostbusters two, now I got a problem with you. <laughs> Because now you're doing the Star Wars thing all over again, and, and somebody should just come up and slap you and be like, no. So I, I I I appreciate it, but it's also a drawback. So, All right, those are our thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment to talk about the last episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier, assuming there's no other seasons. So we'll be back in a moment. 17 meters, 15 meters, 13 meters. That's right outside the door. There they go over there. Get him. We'll be right back after we take care of some aliens. 
I need another leg. It's Kenner's new Star Wars Droid Factory that you put together to make your own droids. Jawa action figures sold separately. Hey, I made R2-D2. You can make your own droids or follow the droid maker blueprints. By switching different tops, arms, and legs, you can make hundreds of droids, up to five at a time. The movable crane swings parts where you need them. You can even make droids with wheels. Gotcha. The Star Wars Droid Factory. Jawa action figures sold separately. New from Kenner. He was born into his family on March 1st of 1980 and ended up being the sixth of seven children and the youngest son. His middle name of Bilius came from a deceased uncle. His home is called The Burrow, and it's near the village of Ottery St. Catchpole in Devon. His family is one of few remaining pure-blood wizarding families, but are considered traitors for associating with non-purebloods. His life changes on platform nine and three quarters on his way to the Hogwarts Express, where he meets someone will be, who will become his best friend. The two friends almost meet their good friend Hermione Granger on the train. They are not instantly friends with Granger, who thinks both of them as idiots until they all have a run-in with a mountain troll. He and his new best friend have similar academic classes, successes, and even disappointments together. Our hero plays a vital role in the quest to save the Philosopher's Stone and plays a key role in the wizard chess match that allows him and his friends to survive the life-sized animated chess game. His feats even earned House Gryffindor 50 house points for the best game of chess observed in Hogwarts for many years, which secures the House Cup for Gryffindor. Over the summer, he writes to his friend and receives no response. So our hero flies his father's enchanted Ford Anglia car to his friend's home and invites the friend to stay with him at the borough for the next month. After the two of them are unable to get onto platform of nine and three quarters, our hero offers to take them both to Hogwarts using the enchanted car. Although successful, the car does crash into the Whomping Willow and ends up in the Forbidden Forest. But the biggest disappointment is that our hero breaks his wizarding wand in the process. All this earns him a howler from his mother. Later, he and his friend use Polyjuice Potion to look like Malfoy's friends, Krabby and Goyle, in their efforts to uncover the Chamber of Secrets. Our hero is able to identify Tom Marvdo, Riddle, for being inscribed on a trophy for special services to the school. The two boys wander into the Forbidden Forest and are attacked by giant spiders until they are saved by the enchanted car our hero lost. The two boys then discover the entrance to the chamber and enter in hopes to save Ginny, our hero's sister. They are separated from each other, but our hero's friend saves Ginny, and both are given special awards and receive 200 points for their house for their success in the Chamber of Secrets. During the next school cycle, our hero's rat named Scabbers goes missing, and he blames Hermione's cat, Crookshanks. Not long after, Hagrid's hippograph named Buckbeak injures Draco Malfoy and goes on trial for execution. Our hero offers to help defend the creature, but his help does not work. When the three friends go to visit Hagrid on the day of Buckbeak's ex execution, our hero finds Scabbers. As they leave, Scabbers runs away and gets chased to the Whomping Willow, where our hero is taken hostage below the tree. His friends chase after them to the Shrieking Shack, where they meet Sirius Black, his friend's godfather, who is an escaped convict from Azkaban. Not long after the arrival of his friends, Professor Remus Lupin arrives, casts a spell on Scabbers, who we discover is Peter Pettigrew, an animagus. 
Pettigrew was a friend of Sirius, Lupin's, and our friend's father, and we discover that he alone revealed the whereabouts of our friend's parents to Voldemort that eventually led to their murder. When they go to leave the Whomping Willow, our hero gets knocked out and spends the remainder of the time in the hospital while his friends rush to save Sirius and Buckbeat. At this point, our hero receives an owl that his sister Ginny names Pigwidgeon. Our hero's friend is Harry Potter, and our hero is his redheaded best friend, Ron Weasley. And now you know the rest of the Galaxy Cast story. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Welcome back to the Galaxy Cast. Target, maximum firepower. And we're back. That quick. It happened quick for us. It's probably not quick for you, but it did quick for, feel quick for us. My video people are like, oh, that was really quick. So, you also sound like you're drunk because you're talking. <laughs> so we're going to all review the very last episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier. It is season one, episode five, titled One World, No, uh, You said five, it's people. episode six. Sorry, episode six. Thank you for correcting me. One World. One people. So, let's start from the beginning. Wearing a new Captain America uniform and flight suit from the Wakandans, Wilson flies to New York to stop the Flag Smashers' attack with the help of Barnes, Carter, and Walker. Well, they didn't know Walker was there. I was just about to say, how's that help? Walker didn't help. (laughs) Well, he did. Walker did his own thing. Kind of, yeah. And then he did help. Okay. In the end. Fine. In the end, I'll give you he helped. Mm -hmm. Kind of. Not really. That kind of. He he was sidekick 1.0. He was really in the corner. He was like sidekick 0. 0.5. Okay. <laughs> he was getting kicked in the balls. He was. <laughs> yes. And in his not-so-Captain America Captain America shield. So Carter accidentally reveals that she's the power broker to Batrock. Did she really accidentally, though? Mm. I kind of think that was on purpose a little. I think she did it like, well... I was kind of like, a, I'm the power broker, neener, neener, you know, like, I'm, seriously, okay? <laughs> and kills him while Wilson attempts to reason with Morgenthau before Carter kills her as well. Well, we skip over the whole fact that they, uh... Did she kill Batrock, though? Yeah, because he's dead. He's laying uh, on the floor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we do have leaves. a body. This isn't Gary's no body, no death. She killed him. Which sucks, because now we can't have Batrock back. You know what I mean? Well... And it was kind of a... He okay. could be a scroll. She died. I'm sorry. Here we go. I, I'm going to compare this in a minute, and people are going to get She died like he died. Excuse me. Batrock died like Kit Fisto died in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm sorry. It's, um, it's the Kit Fisto death. <laughs> Batrock, the leaper, gets killed by the power broker with a pistol in the library. 
Sorry, I felt like it was a clue moment. Like no, I needed it's to with a candlestick. You gotta get right with a candlestick. It's, it's gotta be. The so. I don't know what it is when you play Clue, but I always felt like the candlestick is like a bitch slab. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the worst way to die. In, like it's like a cock shot he, and you he, die. <laughs> well, I was about to say he died of wax poisoning. You know, something like that. So. Wilson attempts to reason with Morganfall before Carter kills her as well. Carter's just killing everybody. Carter has, Carter is savage. Why doesn't Wilson kill Carter? <laughs> like, seriously. She's the one killing everyone. <laughs> I just thought about that it's, as I'm reading this. Yeah. Well, we the whole first sentence like covers half of the episode. Yeah. So they have them. Um, so we have the situation happening in the CRT, the what the the GRC. I was going to say CRC. Yeah, yeah. The GRC room. Then they just decide to drop a smoke bomb. That seems which normal. Ca- which causes them to do an evacuation drill. Falcon oh, no. tries to tell that's, him it's that's a not tra- a drill, sir. An well, evacuation. <laughs> an evacuation. Falcon tells him, don't leave the building. It's a trap. They do it anyways. And he's battling Batroc well, in the most kind of weirdly you know. choreographed fight scene with the room. Why not have thrown a chair? Especially when he flies in and they're like, who are you? And he's like, Captain America. And they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, I thought he was on the moon. I was what? like, what? <laughs> yeah, where did that come from? Captain that, America's on the moon. That's a hint to the Avengers of video game. Cap, oh, okay. during the uh, incident with Terrigen being used as an energy source, dies. Oh. For all you people in video land, I'm doing air quotes. What happens is you later on find out there's a space station on the moon that Modok has built. Okay. And he's housing Captain America, trying to figure out how to get the super soldier serum out, out of, of him. Captain America. Okay. Stark flies up with a suit made up, and then they fall, and they blow up the station. It's basically a long episode. Got it. But so it's it's basically based on the video game. Yeah, and yeah. it's the it's the level in the entire game that ticked everybody off because there's no winning it. Yeah. Like, the first time around, you get killed every so, single time. It's a reference to a video game that if you didn't play the video game, nobody would have nope. understood. Awesome. Nope. And it so, was, like, subtle, too. Was, yeah, that's meh. right. So Wilson convinces the GRC to postpone the forced relocation of displaced people that Morgenthau died fighting for, instead makes efforts to help them. Like, well, we're, like, skipping, like, 20 yeah, steps it, in between it, here. Like, we're, we're summing so things up so much. Like, yeah, like, we have... We have a conversation between uh, Bucky and Morgenthau about how are you really sick and tired of fighting for the wrong side and being like, wow, gee, are you trying to say Hydra was the right side? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and we've got the the fight between Walker and Morgenthau where he uses this craptastic shield that's like... Well, that's my favorite. So they, they, they drive all the people down. You have this big butch guy whose only name I want to be is George. Right. He's like, he's this guy who's like, I am behemoth. Locks His name is George. <laughs> I'll hug him and kiss him and hold him forever. <laughs> that's not what that's for. Oh, sorry. And there's a, it's a thing from another video game, but I'll, I'll tell you later. Basically, this guy is tall, so he locks them in the trucks and mm-hmm. then bolts something to it. And I, 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 I turned to you and told you this. Why did somebody not notice? Say, hey, what's this thing that's attached to the truck? Yeah. <laughs> that's very sparkly, shiny, and it's metal. Why aren't we taking that off? <laughs> we kind of need that off. We get them to the location site. Well, Is Bucky there... did take it off, but I mean, like, <laughs> but like the whole fight scene between, uh, again, they're skipping this between uh, Morgenthau and well, Carly, Car- Carly, Car- and uh, Carter, or he, not Carter, 
Walker. Walker. Thank you. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. So the whole the whole fight scene between Walker and Morgenthau just seemed very uh, pointless. Like, not why, e- why did even, we need to have that fight? I don't. Not, not just, even like a waste of time. It wasn't just him versus Morgenthau. It was him versus all right five of them. He's right. holding his own against five well, of them. I, I attribute that to his military training. Okay? Yeah. I mean, more than anything. But like, why are you trying to use a shield you know is not the vibranium shield, and you're trying to throw it around like it's going to bounce back to you, which is a freaking joke. I, well, I, just, I love how he starts mm. po- using it and it starts cracking. He yeah. just looks over and there's a metal piece there. Yep. Like the actual symbol. I'm like, so what is that? A memento? Yeah. So going on, the remaining serum enhanced flag smashers are caught by Barnes and Walker and sent to the raft. But they are killed by Zemo's butler, Oznik, en route. Oznik. Oznik? Oznik. Oznik. Yeah, just go Oznik. I love the way... Are they being sent to the raft, though, the Flag yes. Smashers? Yes, because they did say that. And isn't that where Zemo is now? Yes. So why did he kill him? Because he does not agree with super soldiers. He's even said this. The oh, that's right. Super he soldier. wants to be the only super soldier. Well, he right. wants super soldiers to die because Red Skull. Right. I love the way they caught these guys. <laughs> it was kind of cool. It was like, oh, so they're really coordinated with this app. Hey, let's download the app and use it. Yeah, to kill them. So we put a ping spot. We just decide to make this like, so they come out. You guys are really well coordinated. Here's the app. And then the entire police force descends upon them. I don't know what quote Walker said, but apparently it was by Lincoln. And it was something about uh, justice justice or something something like that. Good quote. Why did it have to be out of Walker? Why couldn't Uh, Bucky have said it? I don't know. So Dave Fontaine gives Walker a new uniform and code name. U.S. agent. And I got to say, this is the the uniform, the outfit I've always loved for U.S. agent. It's the black, red, and white one. I hope he gets his shield soon. The, the isn't, shield isn't the, the shield like a five-point star? No. No? It's a it's like Captain America's shield. Now, mm. she does find vibranium, mm-hmm. by the way, to give this to him. So it's a vibranium shield, but it's black, red, and silver. Mm. And it's got the rings, but no star. Oh, uh, okay. I think I know what right. I think I've seen that one. So I'll show you a picture of it later. It's like my favorite. The shield's okay. Like, I could care less about the shield, the shield, the shield. But the costume itself, the outfit was what I always liked about this version. And the fact that he still has the 1911 on his hip. Yes. His, and that's the other thing. He goes back to using a pistol, which, by the way, a lot of people don't know this. The original Captain America, he used a pistol. Sorry. That's what he did. He did. He used a 1911. Why? Because that's what the military used. But it was also World War Two. It was. But still, I liked Captain America with pistol. Going on, Barnes makes amends with everyone he hurt or enabled as the Winter Soldier, while Wilson has a memorial dedicated to Bradley added to the Captain America Museum exhibit. There's a lot of, like, talking, but this is pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, I mean... They're they're summing up a lot of it, but they definitely... It's funny because there's a lot going on in the show, but it can be summed up so quickly. Well, that just kind of proves how hollow some of these things are. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of fighting in this episode, and this is like the action. action this and... is the action episode 101. Like, right. all right, we're gonna skip over all the talking. Although, no more talking. <laughs> although, I think the the discussion between Captain America and the GRC is an important one, it, and I I think they glazed over that a little too much here. He straight because... up tells them, "You you can tomorrow feed a thousand people with a phone call." Or relocate borders within an email. Right. Why are you trying to tell people that they can't live where they are? 
great. Or why are you trying to tell people what they can and can't do? And that's where I kind of felt like, remember we talked about early on, we were really worried about the racial undertones in the show. I was show. more worried about the preachy one world one people being like, hey, socialism, it works. Right. Like we were, we were worried about two things. So the socialistic element to it, we were getting worried about that. I was worried about the... The social undertone, the anti-racism undertone, yeah, and I'm not saying this, I'm racist. Be... I'm just saying that I, the idea of an African American Captain America, right? Like we yeah. we know that's controversial. Like I get that. I was just worried about where they were going to go with it. That was my concern. Okay. Yep. And I kind of felt like that discussion actually redeemed the entire show when he's like. Literally, government, get out of the way of the people and let the people live the way they want to live. And I was I'm, like, I'm standing yes. right here wearing the stars and stripe as a black man. Bravo. And, and I ain't got no super soldier serum. And, and that, to me, said everything it needed to say, which is live and let live, right? Like, that is the American way. Let people live their life and get the government out of their way. That, to me, summed the show up very well. And the ironic thing is, I don't think anybody really understood what he was saying at the end there. I think half of America misinterpreted what Captain America was saying, and that is the government should not be in the way of the people. The government's the problem. And he actually says it in the show, and I think half the people missed the main part of this show. It's not having an African-American Captain America. No, it's a Captain America that's actually telling the government, get out of the way. Huge. It took me to my third or fourth watch of uh, watching this episode to get that. I get it. It, it. It's something that it's a little too thick for one episode. It kind of felt like it needed to be uh, well. That realization needed to be coming up a little bit sooner. It is and it isn't. Okay, mm. it isn't if you're somebody who follows politics and understands how freedom works, right? Like yeah. understands the basic premise of freedom, and that is that the government is going to let you live your life, stay out of your way. If you're somebody that thinks the government's going to solve all your problems for you, mm-hmm. you're going to have a hard time with this because that's not what he's saying. And and it ta- it and it's kind of like, okay, if you watch the same show all the time, every time, and you're convinced the ending's going to be a particular way, and then all of a sudden the ending goes a way you don't expect, Right. I'm gonna mm-hmm. the one I always plot think of, twist. Oh, the one twist. I always thinking about is the Sopranos, right? Everybody thought the Sopranos would end with either Tony Soprano dying or Tony Soprano just driving off into the sunset, and that's not how we don't know if he lives, we don't know if he dies. Sopranos ended in a, such a weird way, and America got like pissed about the ending, and I was kind of like, but that's because it didn't do what you expected it to do, and here's an example of like politics telling a story that goes one way and then all of a sudden it kind of takes a turn and goes, yeah, but at the end. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't think people were expecting that and they didn't listen to it when it was done. And I think that's what you're saying is they weren't listening for it. So they didn't hear it the first time. So you need to do two or three takes before you finally hear what he's saying. Well, I love the message of being, we can do better. Yeah. And what he means by we is everyone, not just the government. He means everyone. Okay, so to end it out, in a mid credit scene after receiving a full pardon, Carter rejoins the CIA. Oh, she rejoins the CIA. Yeah, because she was in the CIA before. See, I thought maybe she was going to thought you were gonna, she was going to create S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, and intends to use this access to sell government secrets and resources, which now brings me back to my original thought. So I told Austin when we watched that 
end credit scene that I was like, oh, now I'm wondering, is Carter a scroll? Because and, and remember, that, what show is coming? Uh, isn't there Secret Invasion? So I'm wondering if Carter is a scroll and she's going to show up in Secret Invasion as a scroll. Now, don't oh. forget, in the show, who talked to Carter too? Uh, the scrolls. Remember? I don't, I don't remember them, but I can. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, when, I remember seeing him. I thought, and wasn't it in this show that that a scroll showed up on a theater and talked with her, or am I thinking of a different show? I think you're thinking of a different show. What show am I thinking of then? I have no idea. Where we had the scrolls, and we had oh, maybe it was a movie. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm thinking you're talking about uh, Spider-Man: uh, No Way Home or Far From Home. Yeah, no I think you're right because <laughs> that's uh, right. What's that's, his fake? That's uh, what I'm thinking of. Do you see what happens when you watch all this Marvel crap and all starts running together? Oh yeah, but I still sit here and say, is even if she's a scroll, technically wouldn't she be on the hero side? Because they all kind well, of concede to be with right now. They are right now. Well, that's See, not to say that there's not the a scrolls friend. are on your side until the scrolls aren't on your side. <laughs> like that's always how the scrolls work. Okay, so let's rate this last episode again. Zero, don't bother. Ten's a must see. Since you went first, I'll go first this time. Since you weren't first last time, yep. so I would rate this episode actually a uh, solid eight. It wasn't Dang an awful you. episode. I I really liked a lot of the action. I liked finally seeing U.S. Agent in his his outfit. It really wrapped everything up pretty well. I, I liked the things that are left out there, too. Like, we know there's a U.S. agent. We don't know what happens with him or LaFontaine, for that matter. We don't know what's going to happen with Agent Carter, so that got left out there. And we know suddenly that Sam's Captain America, but we don't know what's going to happen with that, other than we know there's going to be a Captain America movie, and we don't know what becomes of all that. Now, the only couple of complaints I have, it moved a little too fast, so I kind of felt like the last episode that was really, we talked about it being slow and like yeah. methodical and like, ugh. So part of me wanted that show to be a little bit faster so that this one could be a little slower paced and we didn't feel like it was all shoved in all at once. And I think I, the only other detractor I could say is I didn't like that we killed Batrock, that we killed Morgenthau. We just shot them, which just seemed pointless. We blew up pointless. all the flag smashers. We blew up all the... Well, yeah, we did blow up all the flag smashers. I get that Zemo's now on the raft and all that, but I kind of feel like it would have been cool if he'd have broke out in some way and escaped, and we didn't see that. I don't know. There's just a lot here that I was like, there was potential beyond potential, and 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 we wrapped it up in a nice, neat little bow, and I didn't want that. I wanted other things to happen. I also wanted there to be the possibility of Bradley coming back as a cap later on. And I kind of feel like we wrapped that up and we can't like play around with that later on. So it yeah. is what it is. Like I get it. I just wish there was more, there was a possibility for more. What are your thoughts? You and I are on the same wavelength. I was going to give it an eight. Okay. It was very well paced. Uh, well, the fighting choreographing and everything felt good. Mm-hmm. The fight with Walker versus the flag smashers, a little unnecessary, but well fitting the entire helicopter chase scene. Mm-hmm. Could we have choreographed that a little better? I don't know, maybe. Because it kind of felt like... Um, it definitely defied the laws of gravity in several say, points. As you said, I asked you, and I, I said, okay, so he takes the pilot out. Would a helicopter really do that? And you went, no, it would be pancaking down. Why is it nosediving? Yeah, well, helicopters usually go into flat spins. They don't go into nosedives. So, Sorry. If that were to happen, theoretically, the person... Everybody would be on the roof. Theoretically, the person who's trying to get to the controls is on the roof and cannot move. Correct. 
So why not have had Red Wing, I don't know. I mean, unless you were strapped in, but yes. Why not have said, I'm going to drop the copter. I want you to make sure these people get out. So have Red Wing cut the tail and you throw the well, shield through there, the There's a lot that happened the there that's, that's physically impossible. Getting the helicopter under control that quickly? Nope. That's yeah. not possible either. So there's a lot there. I agree oh, with yeah. you. That, that, the, that, that portion of the fight kind of felt weird. It felt like we had two or three different fights going mm-hmm. on and none of them are connecting until like the last second. And I know that's kind of like, well, that's part of the thing. Have maybe the helicopter fly over and have somebody jump out and Bucky have to catch him while he's trying to yeah. punch somebody in the face. So he's catching with one hand and blocking with the other or something like that. Like have it feel a little more okay. Avenger-esque. This is kind of not that quality. It kind of didn't feel like Marvel. Seeing Walker redeem himself to hold the uh, one vehicle up before, mm-hmm. that felt like a redemption arc for him. And I kind of felt like I wanted that to keep going. Kind of well, wanted to see him keep going. But well, now, maybe... now you can see where he can start to redeem himself. Yes. I don't think it's a redemption arc. I just think it's a redemption moment. Because he saw Morgenthau run away, and you saw him hesitate to chase right. after her. Right. And then you see the shield be thrown down, so he has both hands. So you, you kind of finally start to see that his heart's in the right place, which yeah. I've been screaming really was the way it was all along. It's just he's been interpreted wrong mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts? Not many other, but mostly, basically, the only major thing that I had said, and I know you, I told you this, she's bleeding, he's wearing white, where's the blood skin yeah, right. from her, him yeah. carrying her? Yeah. Is vibranium cloth, like, stain-proof? Yeah. Falcon's uh, costume should have been at least, I don't know, dirty it's at kinda, the end. It's kind of uh, like Mom's complaint with, like, Star Wars. So Padme's wearing white, goes into sand, it's still white once we're inside, and she has perfectly shining teeth. Oh, yeah. Well... <laughs> I'll, I'll go one step further. It's like Jurassic World. You're in high heels and running away from a T-Rex in high heels. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. All we're, right. We're defying all manner of human body and physics. Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> so with all that in mind, we let you know what we thought of the last episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. We also let you know what we thought of in Ghostbuster Afterlife in the first part of our show. Afterlife? Afterlife. <laughs> Leave me alone. So, with all that said, as we like to say here, oh, wait, before we do that, uh, you can get a hold of us online in multiple places. You can go to galaxycast.com. That's right, it is now redirected to our new website. We are hosted at Podbean. Make sure you head there. Please find us in multiple places now. We are on Spotify. We are on iHeartRadio. We are on Apple iTunes. We are on Google Play. We're everywhere. We're on MeWe, we're on Clout Hub, we are on Rumble, and we are on YouTube, and I'm working on others as we go. So we're going to try to be everywhere just so you can find us everywhere. So that's where you can find us, the Galaxy Cast. Just search for us there in those places. And as we like to say here in the Star Production Studios, May, may the, the Force be with those who listen. To Jedi Killer Dillian and Shatterpoints, just because I like making my dad mad. Let's go, Brandon. Da, 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 da. Let's go, Brandon. Da, 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 da. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. We hope the show enlightened you on some of the latest stories in the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and cosplay. We appreciate your time, and we also value your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. Please take some time to send us your feedback at our email, which is galaxycast at gmail.com. Or 
You can contact us via social media. Just head on over to Facebook or Twitter and search the word GalaxyCast, all one word, and leave us some comments. If you want to see some behind the scenes of our production, head on over to YouTube and search GalaxyCast there as well. You will find us under our Star Productions banner. The GalaxyCast podcast can also be found online at GalaxyCast.com or through your podcast aggregators like the Apple Store or Spotify. The GalaxyCast is a production by Star Productions. Themed commercials within this episode are also written and produced by Bob Chrisman through Star Productions, all rights reserved. Music from the intro and outro of the GalaxyCast can be found online at www.silvermansound.com. Intro music is titled Switch Me On, and outro music is titled The Gatekeepers. You can find links in our show notes. Until next time, GalaxyCast fans, follow the first star to the right, and straight on till morning.